Hey, this is Brent Leary, and once again, doing some video work, doing some things, talking to some really interesting people about subjects that I think we all would be interested in, and this is definitely the case today. I'm talking with Patrick Knight. I want to make sure I get Patrick's title right. He is the Senior Deliverability Consultant at Adobe, and the key thing here is I'm in Stockbridge, Georgia. He's just right down the road. On the corner. <laughs> right in McDonough, Georgia. So, hey, Patrick, it's great to uh, have you join me today. How are you doing, Brent? It's, uh, it's a pleasure. It's I, I had to say the the whole thing because it's I don't know if I've ever talked to anybody from Henry County, Georgia, when I'm doing <laughs> these events. So I'm, I'm just excited to be able to say that. And so get, I just checked that off my list for things that hadn't happened yet. What are your bucket list items? There you go. Spoke to someone from down in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So, hey, um, tell me a little bit about uh, your personal background, and then we'll jump into what we're really here to talk about, which is the survey results that Adobe just released around consumer productivity. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I started my uh, – well, my background is I, I have a uh, – bachelor's degree in computer science uh, and left there and started to work for an email service provider where deliverability was very new at that time. So uh, it's been about uh, now seven, about 16 years now I've been doing email deliverability. So anything email, um, that's everything from the, the technical side, the uh, regulate the regulatory side. I've also had uh, many speaking engagements um, here in Atlanta, um, even in Germany, uh, there's a, a, a an association that I'm part of called MOG, which is the Message uh, Anti and Abuse Working Group. Um, and so we speak about anti-abuse, we talk about email um, and spam activity and how to mitigate against that. I, I've also done two uh, Adobe summits uh, in, in, in uh, Las Vegas, actually, uh, both a technical track and, and uh, best practices and regulatory track. So. Um, yeah, so been with Adobe for the past, it's going to be seven years now, uh, and uh, working as a consultant. That's really cool. And the other thing that uh, I don't know, it, it should have come across because it definitely came across when we talked the last time. This dude loves email. I mean, a lot. <laughs> you just mentioned the word email, the, the sparkle comes in his eye. I was like, wow, this guy really does like email. <laughs> so I was like, great. Great person to bring on to talk about this new survey that Adobe did. So why don't you give us a kind of the framework of what the, what this is about? Sure. So uh, so the, the survey is really around uh, productivity uh, due to uh, just COVID-19. I mean, we typically do an, an email survey around um, uh, just productivity in general. But now with COVID, it's we, we see where there's a little bit more interesting type of uh, metrics and shifts and changes. And so uh, the core of this is really how um, productive people are and how it even relates to email. Um, and so even with the mythology, uh, what we've done, we have we, we surveyed about 1,004 participants within the US. Um, they're currently employed. Uh, and their normal working setting is in an office environment. So that's pretty much the the, uh, the ins and outs of the survey. So what were the kind of the big takeaways, the big findings that came out of this? Sure, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's 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 so interesting. Uh, the, the key, the, the interesting key findings were 
Um, well, flexibility from work uh, or flexibility of working from home increases productivity for parents. Um, you know, that was one that I found interesting. Um, also, as remote work becomes more the norm, uh, workers consider relocating, which makes total sense. Uh, and then despite the growth of video conferencing, and this is where I, I really, you know, I, I'm not too shocked on this one, phone and email reign as the main channels for work communication. Um, the other thing is workers are spending less time checking email as, uh, as work and home life balance blend together, you know, especially for people who are not used to working from home. Um, and consumers feel closer to their coworkers despite physical distance. You know, that's another one uh, that I'll, I'll, I can give more uh, detail on. And then brands are striking the right tone uh, with pandemic related emails. So um, those are the, the main findings and very interesting, I would say, just in terms of the results. Yeah, we're going to dig into some of these, too. I just thanks for giving us kind of the, the, the highlights there. But let's dig into some of this stuff. And I'm bringing up this slide in particular because there's some really interesting things here. Uh, and the whole thing about productivity, one of the things that kind of came, that kind of struck me as I was looking at this, is this whole idea of they feel like they're more productive at home versus, you know, being in the guessing going to work. And I was like, man, that's kind of interesting because you think of working from home, you think of, you know, kids and and dogs and pets and. You know, you, sometimes it feels like you're not being as productive because you, it's it feels like there's a lot more distractions, but it's really the opposite. People say they feel like they're getting more done while working at home, while working remotely. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, it, you know, it, so you're 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 right. Seventy three percent of parents feel that they are are, are uh, equally, if not more, productive working from home, and the reason for that is flexible. Uh, schedules, right? It's the primary reason. Uh, you know, it, they they feel that they can balance their life a little bit better. So, for example, you know, you can put the younger children down, and you know, maybe it's nap time, and then you can schedule your your workload there, or maybe after dinner, or maybe a little bit earlier before the kids wake up. It kind of forces you to have more control over things there. And when you're in the office, you really don't have too much of that because of other things like uh, commuting and so on and so forth. So um, yeah, having that flexibility is great. And then in, in, on, in turn, you can then have that time with your, your family and children and so on and so forth. So it's really about that work-life balance that you can really take more advantage of versus being in an actual um, location. Not only that, it's that whole idea I, we, you know we live in atlanta metro we know traffic can be pretty messed up yep. so it, it, uh, yeah there may be some additional distractions at the at the home you know maybe playing with the dog every now and again i think that's a good distraction i think but <laughs> you also don't have the two to three hour a day commute yes. which is to me is the biggest best selling point of kind of being able to work from home yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, so so two things there. There's less distractions for uh, from from uh, you know being in the office. But then, my wife travels uh, or used to travel three hours a day <laughs> to, to work. Um, you know, that's 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 time that could be used for you know um, productive work 
or checking email or planning for the next day to make sure that everything is in, in, in line with what, 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 what the next goals are and the tasks. So um, you're, you're taking away from uh, when you commute as long as you do, especially on that, that 285 and 75, you're stuck in traffic. That that's crucial. That's that's valuable time that can be used towards actually doing productive work. So absolutely. And then going back to the other top reason uh, is increased productivity because we're not having these water cooler discussions and syncing up in the kitchen and you know talking about something else when you can just concentrate on work at home. Uh, you know, on on your in your office. One other thing about the work from home, and, I, and you're seeing uh, companies, you know, because, you know, this pandemic has forced a lot of people to work from home and you're seeing people like, you know, feeling like they're more productive. They have more time in their day. And so you're starting to see companies say at least maybe for the next year or so, they're saying people are going to be able to work from home. Some companies are saying, hey, this is going to be a permanent uh, shift. We're going to allow our folks to work from home here on in. And so one of the things about this kind of shift that's taken place is this question that you guys asked around, hey, well, given this, this opportunity to work from home, uh, this may be presenting an opportunity to, to say work from wherever your home is, because a lot of folks you know, for example, San Francisco, there's a lot of tech in San Francisco. So you, a lot of people feel like they have to live in San Francisco. And let's right. face it, San Francisco is an expensive place to live. Some of you folks sure. can't even sure. afford to live in a place they, they work. So I love this question about given, you know, kind of the changing environment, would you be interested in relocating if you had the opportunity? And these stats do not surprise me a bit about how it breaks down. What do you think? Absolutely. I agree 100 percent. I mean, if you think about it, uh, we're talking to uh, well, the survey actually had younger generations, right, including 30 percent of Gen Z and 30 uh, percent of millennials. Um, if your work environment is comfortable, it doesn't matter where you actually work. Right. Uh, as long as you're productive and you have the materials and tools to do your job. Uh, the other thing is, too, we have to think about um, some of the younger uh, generations where, you know, you're just finishing school or you're just getting into your new job, relocating and finding another place to live. You're more adventurous, you know, moving around. It works perfectly for them. Uh, and then this also blends in with the, the balance of work life uh, and, and situation from home where we saw in the, the previous survey where it's more productive. So, yeah, give me a chance to work from a. Uh, a beach somewhere <laughs> or maybe in a nice warm climate, I'm there. You know what I mean? So absolutely, it is something that more and more um, remote work will, will, will enable uh, people to, to relocate. And that's and that's perfectly fine, especially because if it's expensive, it makes a lot of sense to go somewhere where you're not, you know, going to experience so much, uh, you know, financial burden, so to speak. Yeah, to me, it also says, if you want the great, the best kind of skilled people, the people that are in demand, you might gonna have to figure out. Hey, you can work from wherever you are. We 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 can work with you wherever it is because we know that you're the kind of person we want to have in our in our company. Yeah, and I also think that uh, previously many companies miss out on uh, on good talent because of that, right? Uh, 
I've, I've been in management positions where I have to hire, you know, good talent, but I, I can't because, you know, they're not, they're not in the same state and there's other regulations and things like that. So you do miss out on great talent. This is actually beneficial for the company as well, and including the employees. So uh, yeah, the option is there and the um, and, and now you, you open it up to such a wide range of so, some amazing talent that's going to be happy because they can control their time and their, their space and, and their uh, work uh, at home and uh, work-life balance. So let's talk about, now this one was kind of interesting to me, the, yeah. the, whole, the new, the work communication methods. Here we are in the, in the era, excuse me, sheltering in place, <coughs> working from home. And look at what's the top two. I mean, so we're, we're, we're in Zoom land. We're all on Zoom. We're all chatting. We're all doing all sorts of stuff. Email and phone. Number number one, and, and quite honestly, email is number one with a bullet. I mean, it's not even close. You know, so were you surprised at the, these five? We'll talk about the, the other side in a second. But I'm just curious about what you think about uh, the, the top communication methods currently. So here's the thing. I, looking at, at, at the fact that 33% um, felt more productive, well, and this and this so much correlating information here that I'm going to go over. But um, when you when you think about having uh, a meeting in the office, first you have to find a place for the meeting, and then you have to make sure that everyone attends the meeting, and then you have a you know someone's off getting coffee, and then this other person's busy doing something else. You know, it's it's such a production, and so with video conferencing, it's more on demand. You're there. There's no setup. There's 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 nothing else to do. It's it's right there, then in there. A push of a button, and there you are. You're on. So because of that, um, you're having more meetings, right? It's harder to have so many meetings in the office. Easy to have more meetings when it's you have such easy access to to have that uh, to, to have those uh, those calls. Now, because of that, thirty three percent you're starting to see video fatigue because it is on demand. So you're having more meetings. Um, and so because of that, they feel less productive. Um, it's more fatigue there. So how do you mitigate that? How do you kind of find a, a happy medium? Well, the first thing is you want to think about um, email and, and how that actually works, right? So why email so high? Uh, well, the first thing is, is that email is a communication channel that's not an on-demand type of video conferencing. Um, and just as a sidebar, um, there was a time where marketers felt that email was not going to be this uh, the communication channel anymore, right? But in the deliverability uh, world, we knew that email would always stand strong. So they felt that SMS may take over instant messaging and other media. So, um, however, we see that emails on top, and the reason why is because instant messaging and other forms of communication tend to be more interrupting, more intrusive, right? Uh, so, if you think about that Slack conversation, that conversation may never end, and you cannot be productive with that. It's kind of like the same on-demand video conferencing. With email, it gives you more control over your schedule, your time, checking your email, and when you respond. So this also allows you to get more done versus being on these calls. You ever, you ever had a, a video conference call or even an in-person uh, conference? That could have been handled with email, but because it's such so easy to push that button and say, well, I can get this person on my screen, they use it. Um, so additionally, uh, or secondary, the phone communication also has that same effect. 
So this is the reason why you're seeing email so high uh, and you're seeing you know, all this, uh, the correlating information here between the video conferencing and, and email and why it's a, a communication method that's more preferred and you're seeing it more. Well, I was just thinking, since you love email, you were just happy to see email is still number one. <laughs> <I was. laughs> but, all right. So let's move over to the other side of the slide here. And you, you kind of alluded to some of this stuff. Yeah. This is measuring. And to me, now this, I'm kind of surprised the number is as low as it is because I'm, I'm kind of fed up with the Zoom stuff. <laughs> and it, it, I, so I was like, only 33%? Okay. Or I mean, 34% uh, 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 experience conference fatigue. I think I'm like, you know, way closer to, you know, like an 80%. <laughs> do you think that's where we're going? Are we, do you, are you seeing, uh, do you think if you did this survey like a couple of months from now, that number would be significantly higher at this point or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think, you know, again, we're going back to um, these, we are, I think we are already abused meetings in general, right? Now we're just going to take it to a whole nother level. And then on top of that, we're still stuck inside. So we're going to have more of these meetings. And I I would think that number would, would shoot up, if not even maybe another 40% <laughs> um, in the next in the next few months because of, of where we are today. Yeah. Uh, the, look, I, I think it's funny you mentioned how there at some point people were saying like, text was going to pass email and then, you know, uh, mobile applications and instant messaging apps are going to pass. E Nothing's passing email. I mean, it just seems yeah. like, e and even you were thinking, well, maybe email is more of a generational thing. And maybe as, as old guys with the, with the gray in our beard, as we move on and the millennials and the Gen Zers come along, well then, uh, yeah, finally email is going to you know be on its last leg. It's like, Far and away, the number it's one. It's still here. It's still here. And again, not intrusive. Again, control. I think even when you think about the millennials and also Gen Z, uh, you know, they still want control. That's still the nature of things, right? Um, and it's so interesting because email is also uh, a very secure, or at least I should say the authentication methods that, uh, that are used make email more secure. You have TLS. Um, there's encryption, there's uh, SPF records, there's so many things that will uh, that, that help to secure email. So aside from controlling your communication, you also have security as well, which is which is actually great. Now you have SMS and you have these other things they can, you know, not to say that they're not secure, but email is one of those things that it's, it's never going to go away. It's like, you know, don't reinvent the wheel, right? If it works, don't fix it. So and that's email and email will always reign in my opinion. Yeah, we, we yeah, yeah, definitely in your opinion. You love it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the, you know, just kind of tacking on to the email theme here. You also asked how much time are people spending on it? Now, that's pretty interesting. There's there is a drop uh year over year overall. But then it's also look at when people are checking their email. Keep Mike, you walk us through this. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, so on average, consumers are spending less time checking their email. So in 2020, consumers spent 315 minutes a day checking their email compared to 352 minutes in 2019. So that's a 10% drop year over year. Now, why is this happening? Well, it's kind of going back to that flexible time that we talked about in the beginning there, if you tie it back together. Uh, so 
you want to create a better separation between work and life balance. So consumers are mostly waiting until the start of their workday to check their email. So over a little uh, over half of American workers wait until they start their workday, and then they can. When you compare that to 48 percent in 2019, um, so 30 percent of uh, consumers say they never check their work email outside of working hours. That's a 25 percent increase year over year. So. Why? We want to make the separation. Many people are not used to working from home. Now, personally, I've worked from home for the past 13 years. I'm a pro at this. Um, however, for people who are not, like my wife, for example, uh, they have to create those boundaries and learn how to create those boundaries. Because, you know, if, if, if you, you think about it, I'm working now and then I have to get up and run downstairs and, and, and take care of dinner or something like that. Um, and then someone's emailing me or I should say someone's calling or someone's, you know, trying to reach me. And um, it's it does not work when you have your family life. You have to make those clear lines, because if you don't, you start to blur them. And so, you know, you're taking the laptop to bed and then that's time for you and your, your mate to, to have the discussion or have a discussion or talk about the day with your children. So it's really about un, uh, removing those lines so that you don't have um that blend that's there and you can clearly have that separation so checking email less yeah again it's about control so you can control your email um versus your you know the other means of communication there so that's why they're checking those emails just a little bit less. <laughs> yeah. i think we're checking them a little less because we're doing zoom calls more we're all on zoom man. there you so, go <laughs> pretty amazing but one good thing uh, about Zoom, I think, and, and this illustrates this next one, this next, it seems like the doing more Zoom calls and being able to see the, the background of what's going on in the background of the people we're Zooming with, seeing their, their, their kids, their spouses, their dogs, the stuff on their walls that shows you a little bit more about who these people were that you could have worked with these folks for years and only known, you know, just what you saw in the office, but what's going on and what seems to be happening is because we're all working from our homes, or at least a significant amount of us are working from our homes. It's also allowing people to see uh, more of, of a perspective about the whole person we are. And I love this, that about bonding over these kind of unified experiences that you never really focused on when you were doing your office meetings in the office, but look at the difference this is making in terms of the relationships that we have with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought this was interesting as well. And this made perfect sense to me. Um, so, uh, as, so nearly a uh, half uh, of American workers say they, they know their coworkers better than when they were in the office. And then nearly 60% of parents uh, reported feeling closer to their colleagues as they bond over like uh, things such as homeschooling children, adjusting uh, work schedules due to lack of childcare, and even occasional guest appearances of those pets or children or someone's running across the screen or sometimes the cat make, I've seen it where um, it was on a call with a client the other day and their cat just came right on in and just, you know, started touching the, 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 uh, the, the screen and everything else. So, and then you also see the background of your office because it gives you more of a, a understanding of who that person is. Um, you see people every day at work. You hear about the children, you hear about pets, you hear about what their interests are, but seeing it, which is another um, 
uh, another means of, of uh, accessory that is pretty powerful site, you know, that brings that bond together. And that's the reason why it's, uh, it's, it's actually not surprising to me to see the numbers and results that we, we have so far. Yeah, the fact that having that additional view into the people that we're talking with, it's acting as a, a as a connecting experience. It allows us to feel more comfortable having a better understanding of who these folks are. And I think that that's maybe the biggest positive that's come out of this is it's allowing us to connect on a deeper uh, level because we're able to see more of each other. Yes, and I also think that uh, we are a little bit more uh, understanding of the fact that we have children at home and things like that. So it, it does help to create that bond. And, you know, even, you know, it, again, clients, you know, we may have a conversation. It even brings you closer to your clients, right? Because you share those common interests. So you're absolutely right about that. Which brings us to the last one here. So it's, it's kind of ironic, though, when you think about it, that it takes working physically distant to learn more about the people that we're, we work with or we're doing business with and be able to have more empathy with each other, which is kind of interesting to me that distance is what causes that kind of closeness. You know, that's really yeah. weird. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's because, you know, again, you, you see someone every day um, and, and now that distance, it's, it's, it's almost as if you're um, you're making that effort to know someone else too, right? Especially those on-demand conference calls, right? So <laughs> that's where I, I think that's that's coming from. Yeah, it's it's so weird. You would think that you know, people would bond a little bit more, but uh, in person. But yeah, surprisingly, um, I have family overseas, and I bond with them more now than I ever did before. <laughs> so. You know, it's 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 it, it is very interesting, uh, and I think that video conferencing does bring people together. It makes the world a lot smaller versus it, you know, you being so far away and just having a phone conversation. So, absolutely. So, yeah, and, and maybe this helps to explain this because, quite honestly, when when uh, I was looking at this the first time around, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Ninety-three <laughs> percent feel like brands are hitting it out the park on the brand, on the messaging. I, I, I was like, "Ugh," but. But you, you, you have an answer for this. You have a, a theory for why this is the case. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, we can see clearly that 93% of consumers feel that most brands were striking uh, the right tone with emails, especially uh, when we talk about, um, you know, COVID and despite the increase of, of focus on COVID uh, of, from brands related safety, um, you know, that's, that was a, a, a large percentage of it. Uh, just just COVID related emails in general, because brands understand that um, connection means everything when it comes to their consumers, especially through email, because email is a it's a it's a conversation. I always say that email is a two way conversation. So if you're just sending out information and you're not really relating or uh, targeting or creating uh, really relevant content, your email it's pointless. So I think with COVID, it was very relevant for everyone. So hence the reason why I think they are really sitting out the right communication. We care, we understand, and we're here for you. Now, what's interesting is that that 66% of consumers, of those consumers, 
they still want the email offers. Thank you for telling me about COVID. Thank you for understanding. And now I want to engage more because um, the fact that you care. And we're trapped at home. Everyone's buying online. So they want to receive those offers and those uh, from those brands. Uh, and they want to understand exactly what those discounts look like. Because I can tell you right now, most of the companies that are, have an online presence, they're doing amazing because of the fact everyone's ordering something. I have to tell my wife, stop ordering from Amazon. Stop it. <laughs> you, just, it's, you just want to hit that button and, and literally every day something comes here, my doorbell rings and there's a package. And it's just not my household. I've spoken to many. And so because the, the brick and mortar is kind of, you know, gone away for right now. Uh, the email uh, really is what drives traffic to a website. So if you get an email about an offer that is relevant uh, and it's engaging, then that's going to drive just drive back that that, uh, that that customer to your website where they're going to purchase and purchase and purchase. Your home, buying things right now is pretty much a... <laughs> more of a recreational thing right now, which, which makes a lot of sense. Maybe all this does tie together because when I first looked at that, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm feeling that. If I feel that. <laughs> but, you know, we just talked about the impact that these, uh, you know, experiences that we're sharing on video conferencing or live streams where we're communicating and maybe in a, Sometimes it feels a more of a monotony because you're doing, you know, maybe call after call after call. But when you look at individual calls and you look at the opportunity to not just kind of hear uh, a talking point or, you know, hear a factoid, but you can see the person as they're saying it. You can they can you can feel the kind of the the passion that they may have behind it. it you can see the dog coming back and forth. And it provides maybe uh, uh, just a much richer opportunity to connect beyond what would traditionally be in a, you know, I don't want to say a sterile setting of a conference room, but right. comparatively speaking, it is a, a much more sterile setting. You're not able to see the richness, richness of the, the person's life beyond the words that they're saying. And so maybe, uh, maybe businesses who are engaging with their customers in these kind of opportunities to, you know, live stream or video conference, maybe they're able to see, uh, you know, what's behind the, the, you know, the pure, I need this, 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 or I want this, this, this. they're actually able to experience it at a much deeper level that they're, they're transferring that into the emails that they're exchanging. They are not only, you know, saying or, or providing the empathy, but they're also providing the empathy with the needed service or the needed discount or the needed product or service. And so the question is, are they going to do that after we're done the pandemic? Because if they do all of this during the pandemic and it's working and, and it does take, you know, additional effort, but it's working. It would be a shame if once we get past this and everybody starts feeling a little better about things and they're not as nervous and jittery to drop it and go back to what it was before. Do you see that happening or do you think it's a bridge too far? You can't turn around now. You have to keep going in the direction of more empathy, more connectivity, 
and greater experiences with our with our written emails or phone calls or whatever the communication is. So that's I'm glad you point that out because and it's, that's a that's a really good point. I can tell you I have had countless conversations during even uh, I freelance I did freelance livability for a while and every client that I would talk to even now um, engagement is important. Engagement drives your uh, something called email reputation. And so if your reputation is actually really good, you your chances of you reaching the subscriber into their inbox, not their spam folder, heightened. It's, it's a heightened uh, situation there. So um, I absolutely agree that they should continue with the same enthusiasm, the same strategy, the same uh, uh, energy that they have now, and that in itself will drive the traffic and the revenue that they want. Now, them going back to the old ways, I think that because they're seeing such great responses, I think more and more people are gonna understand why engagement matters, why reputation matters, why it, they need to, to keep sending those very well thought out emails versus the batch and blast method, which previously was the thing to do before COVID. So, you know, once we start seeing the let's they start seeing the results of things, this is the direction I think or hope people will take. But that will be left to <laughs> that'll be up to everyone else to see. You know, I, I can tell you that there's great learnings here, but it's really gonna depend on the individual. And just as a a thought again a, 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 with that, I recommend always engage. Whatever you're doing now, continue because this is what's going to keep your brand, uh, your brand alive. This is what's going to build the trust with the sub uh, subscriber and your customers. This is what's going to drive conversions and open rates. And that's where the meat is. That's exactly where you want to be. Um, so hopefully, to answer the question in short, hopefully that will happen. I urge all senders to do that. But you know, um, that's that's pretty much ha has all that's always been my um, my recommendation. And it, it will. And that's a recommendation from the industry, from the deliverability industry and as a whole. So, yeah. So what is Adobe doing to help try to get these folks to continue down this path? I mean, you got the platform. So tell us a little bit about how people are using the platform and how they can keep going because we don't want them to drop the ball. We we like the empathy. We 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 like them knowing what's going on. So yeah, tell tell us what they can do with you guys. So uh, so I can tell you this much. Uh, that's why you have wonderful deliverability consultants like myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's it's through education, uh, blogs, and, and informing people of, of of data. You know, we have many different products that can uh, actually help uh, our uh, our clients see behavioral patterns across the board uh, and see what they are interested in. You know, you mentioned it earlier. You said, you know, if, if you have these other pieces of information, you can better understand your subscribers. And I think that for marketers um, that just send out emails, it's not it's not really, you know, they're not thinking of them as people. Um, but you know, in campaign, there's ways of, of, of grabbing that data, analyzing it, looking at it, looking at behavioral patterns, looking at what consumers want and always sending what customers actually want. Okay, so um, so it's it's really taking that rich data and creating that that uh, that dyna those dynamic campaigns 
um, for for uh, for clients via um, via email, mobile, and offline channels, and, and many more, and much more. So, um, again, combination of the two, the platform, but also education. That's where we help our customers drive that mindset and have better conversion. And uh, where can people learn more about the study? Uh, I believe it will be on Adobe's site. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll need to look into that a little bit more, but I do believe we will be publishing uh, the survey in about a week. Uh, so that should be uh, on Adobe's website. Hey, this has been great talking to you, Patrick. And once again, it's great talking to another uh, uh, South County, uh, Henry County, South area, metro area person, because I don't know when the next time that will happen with all these conversations I'm having. So it's been a pleasure. And I love your enthusiasm for email, man. It's really cool. Absolutely. It was a pleasure speaking with you, Brent. And thank you so much for the opportunity.